Welcome to the Smith and Rowland Show. Let's join our host, Alan Smith and Jeff Rowland. Just as we promised yesterday, today is a new day of brilliance, intellect, and the smooth, silky textures of our aged voices. Just like <laughs> fine wine, we get better with age. Now I'll introduce to you the youngest member of our party, Mr. Alan Smith. I was going to say, I thought you were going to say, speaking of age, here's Alan Smith. <laughs> well, you know, if we age like fine wine, which is to get better, I introduced you as the youngest member. That means well, that you're not well, quite as fine as I am, but right. you're getting close. Seeing that I don't drink anything, I wouldn't really know. <laughs> well, I'm just going by what I was told. <laughs> okay. Well, I threw you under the bus, didn't I? I know. I mean, you feel you that? You feel that? Like, oh, handcuffed. Yeah. You, you feel that bump, bump? Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be run right over me. Yeah, that's right. We got us an article here, Mr. Rowland. I think is going into the new year is a very good article. It's by Nathan Jones from Christian Prophecy. And uh, he actually posted this on January the 2nd, which was yesterday. The title of his article here, which I think is a good point on the, you can't see the picture, but on the picture, it has a statue of Nebuchadnezzar, which you know that one well, and Daniel. And then he's got a picture of Donald Trump. And then he's got a picture of the Pope and the picture of, it looks like some uh, jihadists. And then he's got a picture of New York City. And he's just got, that's on the, so it's a very provoking picture that is at the introduction of this article. And the title is 10 Reasons Why God Gave Bible Prophecy. 10 Reasons on Why God Gave Bible Prophecy. And it says, did you know that a whopping 31% of the Bible is God revealing how events will unfold before they happen? Our Heavenly mm-hmm. Father wants His children to know what the future holds. I called my fellow Bible prophecy teacher, Todd Hampson of the Prophecy Pros podcast, and we put a little list together to share some of the reasons why we believe Bible prophecy exists. Very good list here, Jeff. And the first one is shows that God speaks the truth. Now, there's a little thing at the bottom of that. God shows that God, number one, shows that God speaks the truth. Bible prophecy has been given to us to show that God is God. He is the chief. He is the one in charge. He exists outside of time. He knows everything. And so whatever God says, you can take it as the truth. That's why the first reason that Bible prophecy has been given to us is so we can live by the truth. What do you think about that, Mr. Rowland? Well, I think that he coins in that definition why the world hates the Word of God so bad and why the Bible's fought against us because we're living in a time now where no one wants the truth. They reject the truth. And when God proves himself to be true, you know, Alan, Even the scientific community now understand that the Bible, it has to be written by someone out of time. They understand that because their scientific conclusions can lead them no other place than that there is a sovereign architect of it all, and there has to be. And so I just believe that for the most part, people don't want the truth. And because of that, that's why the Bible's so hated, even though it's the best-selling book. You know, I read an interesting thing not too long ago. The Bible is the number one selling book of all time, but it's the least read book of oh, all time. Mercy. Now, think of that. That's, so That's interesting. That, it is interesting. And I, I do believe it's because people have a hard time with the truth. 
Exactly. The second one here, Jeff, is proves the Bible is God's word. Prophecy does. The second reason why God has given us Bible prophecy is to prove that the Bible is God's word. The fact is that the Bible is the only book ever written that contains genuine fulfilled prophecies. These prophecies were fulfilled to the letter. Fulfilled Bible prophecy proves the Bible is truly God's word. And so we can place our faith and trust in it. And its author is saying that Bible prophecy coming true proves that it is the word of God. Me and you was having a conversation yesterday where I said this to you, that I believe that 2024 is a year where we need to be extremely cautious about the word that we give. And uh, the reason that I, what I was saying was, I would a whole lot rather receive a prophetic word from God than I would from somebody else. I've come to the place where the text of God's word is sufficient for us to prepare to live in the future. So a word given, I believe, needs to reflect the text of the word of God instead of our opinions as to what we think the will of God may be. Now, I know I do understand that there are times when God requires us to speak prophetically concerning his will, but we better know the text so well that we understand that we have foundation and backing from the word of God before we speak a word. I believe we're living in that time, and that proves the authority of the word of God. We, it can be trusted. Yeah, I totally agree, Jeff, that the word of God can be trusted. There's another thing I'd like to insert here. We can test it, but I'd like to insert it just the same. The Bible also tells us, the Word of God does, that you need to be careful about the words that you speak. I don't think that that's in there just to take up space or take up air when saying it. I think there's some, I think that is a deep, deep truth. And I've talked with uh, just here in the last little bit in the situation where a person was very suspicious of another person in a marriage and has been for 25 years. Well, about 10 or 15 years into their marriage, which started off day one, if you will, of one of the two being very suspicious of the other. Well, the other one, 15 years later, was guilty of what the suspicion was, which was constantly voiced, I might add. So here's here's what I, people don't consider. Your words mean something. Now, personally, yeah. I had to, and this is, this is a preacher, I had to tell him, I said, listen, your words called her in to sin. That was dark, what I call dark prophecy. You have to be careful. Your words, and that's the reason the Word of God is the safest place to be, of course, Jeff. But we need to be careful if our words, when we use the Word of God, we're very safe. When we can have, what we don't see is that the words that comes out of our mouth are, they're a lot more, they carry a lot more weight than one might think. Because I've seen the criticism, you know, people. People, it's out of criticism comes out of pride, by the way, because a person wants to be right. So yeah. when you tell it, just like if you tell a kid as they're growing up, time or 10 years old, they're stupid. Guess what's going to happen with that kid? That's They've right. been it's prophesied. Right. It's going to give in to what it's been prophesied to. In yeah. a marriage, you can be uh, suspicious of the other one for 10, 15 years. And that guess what? That person's yeah. going to be guilty. The mm. person will live out your suspicion. Our words are much more powerful than we think. And yeah. I back up what you say in using the word of God. The word of God is the only foolproof way. Then yeah. we cannot prophesy something stupid. We think that prophecy just means that that's of the light of God. But yeah. words out of our mouth and we're instruments of these words goes yeah. a lot deeper than as Christians we've been taught at times. We both know that language is the poorest form of communication on planet Earth. It's the only thing that we have, and it's the method with which God has chosen 
to declare his word to the earth. But language between humans is the poorest form of communication on the earth. Going all the way back to the Tower of Babel, when God confused their languages so that they wouldn't understand one another. I would dare say that there's a lot of people that are speaking things from a critical language base, but the intent and motive of their heart maybe isn't to be critical. Nonetheless, they have spoke forth a criticism or they have given a prophecy that's going to become self-fulfilling. And as a result, it's because of language. We know that Satan uses language. That's why the text of the word of God is so important. If we're speaking, mm-hmm. if we're speaking God's word, then the word of God will not return void. It is the perfect language. And I maintain this. It's the perfect language to break through the darkness that prevails in the individual's life and in a community's life. Of course it is. I and totally so our, our language is so extremely important and not that we shouldn't have. I just believe this. I believe the body of Christ has got awful loose with our language. And, well, you and, see, and, uh, it's, and it's motivated by fear a lot of times, Jeff. Fear is a, in other words, this person that's very, has this, what I call a spirit of suspicion, is motivated through fear. In other words, that's their greatest fear. And so that greatest fear is spoken of quite often, not realizing the individuals being prophetic. You can be there. You can have dark prophecy, Jeff. You can have dark prophecy. Yeah, the Old Testament was plain about lying spirits. Well, it it even says in Job 3.25, for the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. And that which I was afraid of is coming to me. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be what I'd like to submit. In our conversation here is we really got to be careful because what comes out of your mouth, in which I totally agree that the word of God is the prophecy we want to proclaim, but I'm talking about the times that we're not proclaiming our, I'm I'm not so sure we have a downtime in conversation as far as the spiritual world's concerned. I think we need to be very, very careful. I mean, I love sarcasm. You and I both do. We love having fun, Mm -hmm. but we're talking about things that we're saying is not in fun too. We're very serious about being suspicious or we're very serious about making an accusation. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason the things about even like with IHOP, KC, you and I have discussed, people need to be careful what comes out of your mouth. Because the very thing, if enough believers keep having dark prophecy over this situation, guess what? You can call it forth. And dark prophecy will see that it happens. So you can sit back, see, I told you so. See, I'm a great prophet of God. That's right. Uh, well, you see, that's, that's right. the reason you and I contend that true prophecy has redemption in mind, or it's not true prophecy in New uh, Testament it can't situation. Be. It, can, it can't be. And I, there is our, a difference between Bible prophecy, if you use it in, in the strictest terms, there's a difference between Bible prophecy and the gift of prophecy. There is a difference. And what I'm saying is, is that when we speak a prophetic word, there needs to be foundation and backing by the word of God. How are the prophets to judge the words of the prophets? I think it's by the text of the word of God. Does it line up with scripture? Does it violate scripture in any place? Because if it does, it's not a true prophetic word. Well, you're saying and, the spirit, the spirit of, of scripture. In other words, thou shalt not kill. Okay. Right. So yeah. if you would prophesy that to somebody, we both know that morally the heart of God is thou shalt not kill. So you could prophesy that to somebody because you know that that's a biblical <laughs> truth. Now, yes. when a person says, if you have a 
I guess you started making a distinction, which I think is very good, of a Bible prophecy and prophecy, which we probably need to make a distinction in the two, prophecy coming out of, out of a believer's mouth and prophecy that's coming out of a believer's mouth. Those words, just like words of encouragement, are prophetic in nature and words right. of discouragement are that's prophetic right. in nature. That's exactly and, right. And so our words being prophetic in which is meaning speaking into a now word that affects future to that's encourage right. somebody can affect their future to discourage somebody can also affect their future and i think we can be led by the holy spirit to speak a word of prophecy if you will or just call it a word it's still yeah. a word of prophecy a word that we want to give somebody that we feel like from the holy ghost is prophetic in nature but there i guess the thing i'd like to bring to our little five minutes worth of conversation is our idle words jeff there's two types of idle words you and i two-thirds of our idle words are a lot of foolishness. We like to laugh. We like to carry on. We like to keep our spirits high. And then 30 to 50% of the time, we'll talk seriously about topics and things. But at our age, I mean, you still like, we've discovered in these days, it takes more laughter than it did 30 years ago. Just it takes me, a lot. Yeah, yeah it <laughs> takes, it sure takes some, there's a certain amount of jesting you and I do with each other is so that we don't really take ourselves too seriously personally, but we yeah. take God and his word very, very, very seriously. seriously. Yes. But in these this idle conversation, I know we're talking about God's prophetic words here, but in prophecy, but our downtime, if you will, our personal conversations, we can mix it with foolish jesting, if you will, or just having fun. But I think we need to be careful there sometime also, especially if we have to, if we joke about the same things for 10 years in a foolishness picking way, we might need to check up on it because we might be speaking something into existence. Yeah, that's right. I think I've been guilty of that in times Well, the only reason I say it is because I know I've been guilty of it, and or I'm really suspicious on why this stuff that I was fearing has come upon me. So I think there's a there's a difference in we can have a fear that comes upon us. The very thing we were fearing, as Job said, this very thing's come upon us. And Jeff, that's that's not fear is actually the opposite of faith. Unbelief is not the opposite of faith. Yeah. Fear is the opposite of faith. Yeah. So when we fear this very thing and it comes upon us, that's because we're not operating in the faith of God. And so anyway, I think we just need to be careful. I'm speaking of yeah. myself. You can judge yourself and our listeners can judge ourselves. But all of us can get suspicious things in our minds. And if we're not careful over years, you can call them forth. Not only that, in a crazy way, the, the other person will actually fulfill it. Yeah. And yeah. then I have noticed at my 71 years here that that the person's suspicion actually called forth the other person to play it out. And now that's yeah. concerning to me. And I know a lot of people perhaps would disagree with me, but I've seen that happen quite a few times, Jeff, and we discussed yeah. it before. Yeah, absolutely. Another yeah. time. So I think we just need to be careful there. Yeah. Let me read us another one here. That one was God's word. This, let me go to number three here. It says, shows God is in control shows God's in control. Of course, the title is 10 Reasons Why God Gave Bible Prophecy. The third one here, it shows God is in control. A third reason is to show us that God is in complete control. He is sovereign. That may sound like a big theological word, but sovereignty means that God is ultimately in control of every single detail. Bible prophecy puts that fact on display like nothing else. I uh, kind of disagree with him just a smidgen on that. God is 
is ultimately in control of every single detail, that's, you got to be careful of that statement because that, uh, that leaves out the truth of man's choice. Yeah, uh, I would so say, you I would be a little it, careful with that statement. Right. I would word it that nothing takes God by surprise. I like I think that. That's a, yeah. that's a better way of, because God is sovereign. And his authority, though violated by man's choice, remains intact. Part of his sovereignty is that he gives man a choice. Absolutely. You that's, know what I'm that's exactly right. And we've yeah, discussed before the fact that choice is the chief element in perfection. There cannot right. be perfection without choice. Mm -hmm. Neither can there be. There has to be choice. God gave Adam and Eve choice in the garden. But I would say that nothing takes God by surprise. I say that based off of the fact that in his word, he writes history before it happens. Mm -hmm. And and as mm -hmm. a result of that, then yeah, I would declare that every minute detail, even of man's choices, doesn't take God by surprise. He knew what we were going to choose right. and he knows what we're going to do before we do it. But and it's still our choice. But it's still our choice. It's still our choice. And I would like to think that God has turned us loose to the point that our future hasn't been written yet, but our future is being offered to us, if you can hear what I'm saying. And I think that we all play a greater role in the fulfillment of each person's destiny. In other words, I can, I fulfill a role in your life. You can fulfill a role in my life with our families and our friends. How we prophesy, if you will, to each other, I think can play a certain role. Now, prophesying, I'm saying not what I would like for you, but what I feel like the Lord is saying to you. And to me, there's yeah. a different, just me encouraging you as a person. And then if I have a word from the Lord and I take it, think that takes it up a notch. Let me get yeah. into number four here. It demonstrates God's love. Prophecy wow. demonstrates God's love. The fourth reason for giving God for God giving us Bible prophecy is to demonstrate that God loves us, that he has a plan for our lives. We're not just floating around on a big spinning orb out in outer space with no purpose and no meaning, as atheists claim. God has crafted a purpose for every person he has ever made because he loves his children. God has also planned a destination for the faithful. He wants us yeah. to live with him in heaven and on the new earth forever. And so he gives us prophecy to show how world history will end with the faithful living forever with our loving heavenly father in the eternal state. That is a yeah. state that there is no time. So he's citing here, Jeff, that prophecy demonstrates God's love. Now, some might would argue that if you're comparing it to some of the actions of the book of Revelation. But yeah. I might add, don't miss Paul's writings before that book was written. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and I would also say God chastens those that he loves. Mm -hmm. Everything that you read in the book of Revelation is to draw the nation of Israel to a place of repentance right. so that his plan can be fulfilled in their national life. And I would say that everything that happens in our lives is really an act of God's love. We've so misdefined love. Let me tell you something. I'm thankful for the times that my daddy wore my backside out to teach me a lesson. The lesson was valuable enough, and he loved me enough that he wanted me to know that truth. So I think there's a lopsided view of the love of God. I agree with the author that Bible prophecy is given that demonstrates 
the love of God for man. I'm appreciative of that. I think it was an act of love, Alan, in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned that God said, I love you too much to let you live like that. He made a way to give us life by another means. Yeah. So that this old flesh nature could die. Right. And that's even in death. That's an act of love. And I think that's why God says that the death of his children's precious in his sight. We kind of view it different. Our earth perspective never matches God's heavenly plan. It just never does match. And so you got to be careful when you're looking even at scripture that you look at it with spiritual eyes and not uh, not flesh eyes, because mm -hmm. if all you do is look at it through the flesh, then you're not going to see the love of God mm -hmm. as he demonstrates it in his word. I agree mm -hmm. the Bible prophecy, though somewhat fearful, because they don't like to talk about the end of this age and the end of this earth and the end of the way of our life. They don't like to talk about those things, mm -hmm. but God's demonstrating his love in that. Mm -hmm. By giving us a better way. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm in total agreement with that. Number five said, describes God's plan. Bible prophecy describes God's plan. I think this is huge. The fifth reason deals with how skeptics of Bible prophecy misconstrue its prophecies as being too general, too vague, or too big. But if you take a closer look, God provides many specific details about his plan for the ages. This plan shows how God is working to bring humanity back into a right relationship with him so that one day we shall dwell in a blessed time of peace, righteousness, fellowship with our creator. Bible prophecy can be very specific and very purposeful for God explains how his plan will unfold through his prophetic word. The unfolding, Jeff, I think also that because people are not handling the word of God correctly, and it's not like we've got it perfect and everybody else doesn't. But I am saying that I don't agree with myself a year ago in certain things about the scriptures and about myself, because as we're constantly growing, that means you've got to change or add to what you're thinking to grow. That's what happens. Yeah. It's a, if we're more like a crab and that as a crab grows, he has to shed his shell yeah. make room yeah. for the growth right. we have to shed off the old man that the new man might grow and that means we if we sit here and say well bless god i'm the same as i've been for the last 40 years i ain't changed a thing and i'm like wow that's that's that's, that's not a good. not a good statement. It's not that's a good not statement a good in the things of God. So I think it's God's plan for us to grow, to be able to embrace change as we leave off the old and we gravitate more to the newness of God and his prophecy. You know, Jeff, it, let me say this. If you view the world through the Bible and we literally believe, which you and I do, we're literalist. In other words, we b literally believe that this Bible is true. We understand allegory. We understand spiritual revelation. But for the most part, the Bible is literal. And then it has some spiritual revelation that is dimensional. Nonetheless, the literal application or rendering of the Word of God puts you into a situation that the end of this world looks pretty bleak. Now, if you look at it from a worldly perspective, it does look bleak. But if your faith is in God, to use your terminology, if you're walking in full faith in Christ and you're fully what you're trying to walk into that full faith or faith you have in Christ, the less of what's happening or going to happen to this world will affect you. You don't yeah, deny it's right. not true, but your security yeah. and safety is in Christ not yeah. of this world. 
So we all hate to see bad things happen to this world. But at the same time, since we know that's a reality, if we we have but one place to run, and that's into the arms of Jesus and trust him more. If that truly takes place, our personal fears should give way to the peace of God. Because, you you know, there's a good catchphrase these days, God's got this. I think that's a good phrase. God's got this. And as we believe and trust and and rest in God, and I know there's some terrible crises out there of cancer, and which we both have experienced. There's all kinds of crises out there in people with their families and their children and marriages and churches. And and we know there's all kinds of crises globally and nationally. But the end result is to be that we have more faith in Christ in these times. So now to believe it or not, the Hebrew children had peace in the fiery furnace. I mean, that's that's a biblical truth. That's Do exactly I think right. that that literally happened? I think it literally happened. Well, sure. But I also think that they literally experienced peace. Now, having peace inside that fire is a supernatural happening that all of us hope for, that it'll be there because the Lord's with us. But yeah. we have to recognize that he's with us in the crisis <laughs> and in the fire, if you will. And we're talking about prophecy this morning. Some of these biblical prophecies, how can they bring peace to me? It's because we're walking closer with Christ. Yeah, I would just say, Jack Taylor said used to say this all the time. He And I've heard Peter Lord say the same thing. Before God delivered the Hebrew children out of the fire, they had to go into the fire. Before That's he right. delivered Daniel out of the lion's den, he had to go into the lion's den. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. a lot of people want to proclaim that God is the healer of disease. Well, you got to be sick to be healed. That's just and, the way and, it is. And so the Lord Jesus promised us peace in the middle of the fire, in mm-hmm. the lion's den, in the sickness. Mm-hmm. There can be peace that passes understanding. To me, God's word and Bible prophecy gives us that. That's right. And Jeff, I'm going to skip on down to towards the end. We're not going to have time on this broadcast and this program to cover it all. But number eight says Bible prophecy promises evil will be punished. That's a good and bad thing. Does that mean that evil in me is going to be punished? Well, the truth is all evil is going to be punished. And if I'm not found hidden in Christ, that's a bad word. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. Good yeah. word if I'm hidden in Christ, but God does promise that evil will be punished. And and that is true. There is coming a reckoning for the inhabitants of the earth and the earth itself. And judgment is coming. Man is appointed to die once and then after yeah, this the yeah. judgment. So we know that it's coming and it will be the only safe place of reconciliation is in the person of the Lord Jesus, as you've said. And so, yeah, I agree with that statement. Number nine here, Jeff says, Bible prophecy prepares us to get right with him. The ninth reason, and it's a beautiful reason, concerns how Bible prophecy shows God's grace. Our creator lets us know what is going to happen ahead of time so that we can get right with him. If God wanted to, he could just drop the hammer on everybody because we're sinners and he is not doing that. We deserve the sentence of hell for our rebellion against creator for breaking his moral law. But by God's grace, through his love, our heavenly father lets us know ahead of time what he is planning on doing so that we can get right with God. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I think it's right. I think (laughs) it's exactly right. Go through the book of Revelation and here's even the judgments that fall in the book of Revelation does not lead the people to repentance. 
Instead of repenting, they cry for the rocks and the mountains to cover them and hide them from the face of the Almighty, acknowledging the power of God, but not coming to faith in God as their personal Savior. It's an amazing thing how that Bible prophecy is given for us to have space to repent. That's why we have it. It's just an amazing thing. Okay, the 10th thing here is, Jeff, Bible prophecy gives us hope. Now, a lot of people would argue that, but the 10th and final reason in this list, even though there's more reasons, but would be that it is meant to give Christians hope. The Lord wants us to understand how the future will play out. Sure, there are valleys in life we must get through, and terrifying times are coming, like tribulation, which is hard to digest, but prophecy is meant to give us hope that this evil age will end. Amen. Jesus will return as promised to rapture up his church, I might emphasize, rapture up his church before the tribulation begins. Then he will defeat evil, and finally he will institute his thousand-year kingdom of peace and righteousness. So ultimately, Bible prophecy gives us hope. What have you got, Jeff? We got about two more minutes here, buddy. I just say there is hope, and the Bible calls it, for me, a blessed hope, wow, and that, wow. that is of the glorious appearing of, of our Savior, the <clears> Lord <throat> Jesus, and that's what Paul writes in Titus. So I do have a blessed hope, and that the hope is in hope. a prophetic word that our Lord Jesus is going to come in the middle of the air. I'm prepared for that. I'm ready for that. I believe you are, Mr. Smith. Well, and, I am. Uh, I got a few more things that I, one of the things I have yet to finish up is, and I, I uh-huh. will confess this on there, I have. Uh-huh. Two things that I need to get in order. One of them is I have to help finish getting you right with God. So that's <laughs> yeah, one right. of my assignments. Yeah. And uh, I'll not yeah, tell you I the do. other one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's been such a joy to be with you <laughs> <Once> today. <again. laughs> Edit that last statement from your, your memory banks, and you will have a wonderful Smith and Roland podcast. Why don't that's you right. share with everybody where they can find us, Mr. Roland? You can find us on Spotify. Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, anywhere where you get your podcasts, and you can find even more of what we've done at KingdomPropheticSociety.org. That's KingdomPropheticSociety.org, and we would ask you to come join the website, and it doesn't cost you a dime. And you get all kinds of Smith and Roland podcast, which will brighten your day. Smile on your face and joy in your heart. And that's what we're called to do is just to be a blessing. Amen. I just had a picture, prophetic picture, as you were saying those wonderful words, they're rolling of Uh Israel uh and going around the mountain, eating manna and quail, and it's coming out their nose and ears. I don't know why (laughs) that picture came up, but you you can get so much of Smith and Rolling, it'll come out your nose and ears. That's not not, what we want to do. All right, Rolling. (laughs) Have a great day. See you later. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for joining today's Smith and Rolling show. You can check out our website at kingdompropheticsociety.org and our daily unplugged podcast at smithandrollinshow.podbean.com. You can also join us on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify.